Blog Talk Radio. It's June 30, 2021. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where realists for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown, and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Uh, we expect some guests to come on uh, as well. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Working for a Living is syndicated on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Listen Now, and Player FM. You may also follow us on Twitter. 19 continues to affect the world in our U.S. and uh, UAW workplaces, uh, and they have been affected with the illness to include loss of life. Uh, we uh, honor those and revere those who that's uh, occurred to. Let's have a brief moment of silence. Thank you. We hope your families are able to cope with your tragic loss. Um, Jeff, are you there? See if I can bring you on here. All righty, there's Jeff. How you doing, Jeff? I'm okay, Leroy. How are you? Good. Good. We're doing okay here. Got a little headache. Um, not sure what causing all that. We had some flooding here over the weekend in the office, so might be some of that going on. Um, but it's uh, not it's not all that bad. But uh, been pretty busy this week. We've got a lot of projects going on, uh, some follow-up things that we've been working on for um, almost two years. And uh, looks like we might have some breaks in those, uh, thanks to uh, part of our team that has uh, been working uh, to make sure that occurs. I know we're being a little cryptic here, but we can't necessarily go out there and say what that's all about without affecting the outcome. And it might be, uh, you know, something that could be negative if we start talking about it before it's, it's time. You'll find out. Uh, soon enough. It's uh, probably a couple months uh, out before we get a final decision, but uh, that's, uh, that's um, expected, and we expected that to be a good thing. Um, the, I know there's much ado about the uh, one number one vote. Some people are having a petition thinking they're going to cause that to occur. Uh, you know, everybody I've talked to this week has said, that's part of the court decision that a referendum vote be held on uh, which what we want. So, um, you know, that's that's not any one group or any one individual pushing that. That's the court decision. <laughs> I, I find it laughable uh, that that's uh, actually uh, an issue for some of those. Um, um, 
let's let's just jump in here to the emails uh, and uh, I'll take the first one if you don't mind, Jeff. Is that all right? Sure, go ahead. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Um, I, 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 this is somebody critical, so we, we read them all. I wish you wouldn't talk about anti-vaxxers on the radio show. Um, we always withhold their name. Uh, well, uh, we haven't had a show during the period of vaccines until Sunday before Father's Day. Uh, that show highlighted the new Ford policy on vaccines, but that affects everyday workers on the floor every day. Okay? So that's a labor issue. Okay? And uh, in my case, I posted uh, some educational pieces on vaccines uh, and what you may want to know about. That's personal choice. When I post something on my page, it doesn't tell you what to do, and it has nothing to do with this radio show. It's just for education. Sometimes a little humor, because I get pretty funny stuff out there, too. So uh, That's kind of where that's at. I, I don't know where you're talking about that anti-vaxxer stuff on the radio show. We, uh, for a lot of good reasons that have uh, now come to the fore, uh, and pretty much what we things we do have a reason. Uh, you know, silence sort of emboldens the scoundrel, and they certainly came to the fore uh, here not so long ago, and uh, we we were able to uh, address that. I'm going to address it some more uh, as time goes on. There's no time limit on addressing that, by the way, like the Article 31s or 33s. Uh, so um, we'll just see where all that goes, and, and maybe other people will identify the same problem and, and address it without anything coming from us. And that, you know, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, we want to stay with the, uh, uh, the rules, and that's, that's what we do here. So, uh, Jeff, you want to take number two? That's talking about rules uh, here. Somebody want to know? Yeah. Uh, Somebody's texting me. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, okay. What do you think is the yeah? What do you think is the most important part of the UAW Constitution name withheld? Uh, the entire Constitution is very important. The things that come to mind would be the preamble, Article 33, appeal section, Article 2, Section 4, that in part states enforcing existing laws. I actually touched on the uh, Article 33 uh, while I was on the picket line in Volvo last week. Somebody was asking questions about what can they do against leadership, and I told them, just read the Constitution. You'll find it. So mm -hmm. it's uh, well, the whole thing's important. Everybody well, needs to read it. Yeah. Exactly. There's some other clarifying issues in the back uh, of the Constitution, clarifying many of the paragraphs, not all of them. Uh, also, there are public review board decisions on some of the articles. Now, it came up today, 
when I was speaking, and, you know, my phone goes off here a lot, and people ask questions. So it's uh, worthy uh, for me to add to your report about Article 31 charges against an existing elected official in the performance of their work. There is a public review board decision that says you may not file Article 31 charges against an elected official in the performance of their work. Now, if they're doing other stuff, okay, then it's fair game. If they have conduct unbecoming, you know, they're uh, outside their purview of their, their actual work, that's, uh, you know, affecting membership, you could bring uh, charges along those lines off for Article 31. I believe it is at least in part uh, Public Review Board Decision 1244. Uh, I believe that's the one that says the preferred remedy against a, a there's a longstanding policy of that one and the preferred remedy uh, against a, an elected official. In this case, it was a, uh, I believe, an election committee person uh, that was elected at, at, you know, how we elect in that meeting. And, uh, and so they uh, uh, were exonerated because Article 31 charges are not appropriate, and the preferred remedy, including the person that, charged this Article 31, who was a retiree, the preferred remedy for that retiree was an Article 33 appeal against that person. Other people will view that and deal with the uh, grievance, uh, the appellate grievance, uh, in a manner that they seem commensurate with the the uh, violation that you raise in your appeal. Uh, and, that, you know, just about anything can happen out of that. Uh, uh, so just uh, just understand that that's out there. Uh, when you start talking about Article 31s against existing people for uh, uh, doing their job, uh, that's frowned upon. Uh, it, it will be thrown out uh, for because of precedent. The Article 33 won't be thrown out, shouldn't be at least. We have some that have been, by the way, uh, but uh, Article 33 uh, should, uh, and, and, and by the way, appeals aren't ever supposed to be thrown out. They're never supposed to be ruled improper. When you, when you appeal, there is a very strict process for that, and uh, the president uh, has to sign any and all of those under uh, appeals uh, and decide, affirm, deny, or in some cases they might even recuse themselves uh, at the IAB level. Uh, but uh, uh, I don't, I've never seen one recused, but could be, uh, and it'd be sent up to the PRB uh, so, uh, because it might affect them directly. And that's likely uh, something that, that may occur even in our lifetime yet. Maybe in the next little while. We'll see. Um, 
So anything else on the, the Constitution that you want to clarify, Jeff? I know you are big on the temporary thing, you know. Might want to touch on that a little. I mean, you got that at, at your command. What, what uh, I think it's Article, uh, what is it? it's tw- Section 22 or something, right? The article. Yeah, I, I don't have it available. Um, yeah. But it basically but says. You know um, what it is. Yeah, I know what it is. It basically says uh, temporary employees uh, can no longer work more than three consecutive 30-day assignments. That means they, after that, they have to become full-time, which is not happening in any of the plants anywhere. Um, right. It's another thing that the International has decided not to follow uh, their own rules. So right. we, right. Need, we need I to think change it's, that. Uh, work, permit, work, work permits are, work are permits, granted yeah. to, yep. right, are granted, uh, and those go to only temporary workers, uh, and there's no other provision for temporary workers in the plant under the Constitution, right? So... That's kind of an right, interesting right. little uh, thing that's going on. Um, there's an appeal out there that was written, and other people had the opportunity. You can find that appeal on the left sidebar of workingforliving.com. Uh, yours truly was the author of that, and you might want to take a look at it and see. Uh, I think it's about eight pages, not a long read. Uh, so uh, others uh, could have simply put their local and signed it on it in the GM version or in the Ford or, or uh, whatever the Estria, uh, whatever their uh, current Chrysler uh, uh, name is, uh, they uh, um, uh, could have uh, adapted it for their particular corporations as well. Uh, they have the same issues going on. Uh, Ford has Appendix J instead of Appendix K, or three elements in that, but it uh, was rather... Um, an interesting appeal. It's worth looking at um, because it also addresses some retiree stuff there. We'll talk about that a little because I, we've got some new people listening that happen to be retirees and we want to make sure they understand uh, some of the rules that have changed since they've retired under the leadership that's uh, uh, represented us at the very highest level. Uh, so the third uh, uh, email that we had is just simply Thank you for all that your team does, name with L, of course. Um, you know, we appreciate your comment, uh, but you need to know that this is a team effort, and we thank each and every one of our team members as well on behalf of you for, for that. Uh, we have some amazing team members. Um, we, uh, well, I probably shouldn't put too many rags out there for you, but we had, we had something where a local union was uh, subject to being decertified based on some stuff that was being passed around and asked to be signed. And, um, uh, you know, that, that got stopped. Let's just say that. That got stopped. And we appreciate everybody who was uh, a part of uh, correcting that. So uh, we're going to talk a little about... Uh, solidarity uh, in our uh, definitions and our quotes tonight. So, Jeff, you want to take the the definition now? Yeah. Definition for solidarity is 
unity or agreement of feeling or action, especially among individuals with a common interest, mutual support within a group. That's it. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, um, it's succinct, you know, but it is uh, very important that we as union members uh, re- remain resolute in our solidarity uh, for one another. We'll get into some of that in a little bit uh, in Jeff's report and some follow-ups that I have for him. So, but, um, This week's quote uh, is, uh, we must, this is a solidarity quote, uh, we must live together as brothers or perish together as fools. And that was quote by Martin Luther King. Um, there again, you know, we might not like each other in some instances. And, you know, not, there ain't no might about it. There's some things that, that happen that you just don't like about somebody else. But that doesn't mean you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater because we have a bigger issue at hand. We have a bigger issue. Everybody's out there in fighting this and in fighting that. Oh, I'm going to one-up you here and I'm going to one-up you there. Well, guess what, gang? If you follow the rules, you won't have any problems. And within those rules, we need to all stick together within the rules. And we can lament all day long about changing the rules, but the rules are what they are. And in many cases, the federal rules, federal law, in the labor uh, 20, 29, or Title 29 of the U.S. Code, that's the labor portion of the federal law, and that is uh, 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 very uh, clearly defined uh, that we must abide by that, that those federal rules. If they, those are all passed by Congress, the House and the Senate, and signed into law by the President of the United States. Okay? Those people get input, not from a single person lamenting about oh, well, we need to change that law. No. Those people get input from tens of thousands of people as they go through their districts or their states, and their staff does as well, and they garner input, and that fashions law. And we are duty-bound, in some cases oath-bound, and member-bound by the Constitution to enforce existing laws. Right? Everybody remember that. Rules are for a reason. And there's a bunch of them that haven't been abided by of late. Jeff's already pointed a couple, or at least one of those out. So we got to... We have to change those. So, uh, Tom, uh, you want to jump in here? Do you want to shoot your hand up or not? I see you're in there. Got a number of other people here uh, as well. Uh, if you want to, uh, you 
can just push one that raises your hand, and I'll I'll get uh, uh, to you. We have a, uh, a method of just pulling pulling you in to uh, uh, review uh, what you might want to say and stuff. So it's simple enough to do. Our call-in number, we don't usually do this, but our call-in number for those of you maybe wanting to talk, uh, we understood that some of the folks in Virginia wanted to jump in. That's uh, 929-477-3439. And let's bring Tom on. Hello, Tom. Hello, Jeff in the house. Hello, Leroy. How are you, my friend? <laughs> We're pretty good. Well, I'm glad Jeff got an assignment and he finally hit the road, and I'm looking forward to his report. Uh, it's about time, Jeff. And uh, uh, who pressed your clothes when you got there? Did you did you uh, take a suitcase? No, I just wore everything to bed and got up and did my thing. The trip down here killed me, <laughs> uh, but I had a good time. I had a good time there in uh, Virginia. It was good. People were yeah, real well, nice. We're, we're going to have to get Leroy to give us a bigger expense account so we could take our clothes to the cleaners and have them pressed, and, and, and we look spiffy when we go out there and meet new friends. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to see you're up and around and doing what has to be done, and there is no better person, in my opinion, than you to go talk to somebody about the UAW Constitution. Uh, you certainly had uh, tutored me in certain areas from time to time, and I really appreciate the knowledge you convey to me as a as a individual that uh, a lot of folks don't uh, don't hear or see behind the scenes. And uh, brother Leroy, he's brother Leroy, and, uh, and God bless him. Very few like him come along down the road. Uh, in one's lifetime that really care about people. So uh, I don't know. Uh, Leroy, uh, you don't have anything planned for me in the next couple of weeks. You know I got my hands full here at home. Right. I know. Uh, you know, and uh, we uh, uh, want to wish you and your family the best as you go through your current um, uh, issue. We won't get into anything about what that is. Uh, but uh, it's it's certainly uh, something that just takes some time, and it will be fine. Uh, nobody's in grave danger or anything like that. Uh, but it does take a little time, and that's you know uh, why we haven't sent you back to St. Louis, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I, I've got my hands full. If you do, I, I mean. Uh, Bobby's ready to and, and sitting back there waiting on my ass, and uh, you know I love her dearly, but I know I'm going to get a lecture. Yeah, um, yeah, probably. Um, what, you know, I mean, I, we all, I mean, have great uh, uh, affinity for for Bobby. She's uh, an amazing person, and uh, just uh, uh, somebody that does her level best to abide by. The rules and and make sure that everybody else tries to abide by them by those as well. So uh, we yeah. we appreciate everything that, that she does every day, and uh, believe me, she's hard at work behind the scenes doing uh, 
a lot lot of things for our team. So, and we have some yeah. other. Uh, she's not the only one. I, I don't want to call anybody out. But we we have some yeah. very very good people all over this country. You know. So uh, that's they're, that's they're, they're, they're absolutely correct, Leroy. You're absolutely correct, Ted. You've given me the opportunity to meet quite a few of those folks during uh, the last uh, five and a half years. So uh, you're not speaking anything that isn't true. It's uh, it's there, and uh, it just needs to uh, be implemented. And uh, we uh, we need to listen to one another. I got I I, I turned this thing on just just at the end of your. Uh, uh, statement there and supporting one another and uh, that's never been truer in the situations that we're going through now not only as a union but as a country so uh, we all need to stick together and we need to understand one another because democracy is founded on uh, equal participation uh, in, in their government or in their union uh, and uh, certain things that you touched on certainly uh, are not happening in, in certain venues and certain places. Uh, you're either censored or you're uh, looked upon as a troublemaker or whatever. Now, uh, implementation of, uh, of somebody exercising their rights to uh, get something accomplished for the betterment of the whole is perfectly all right in my book. And uh, I think most people would agree with the, uh, the purpose of a democracy all people are created equal and, and therefore should be treated under a constitution or whatever uh, by that uh, preamble and the words within the pages of that constitution. So, all right, let me get out of your way here, guys. Uh, I'm interested in listening to Jeff's well, report. That's, 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 uh, a good, that's a good point. Um, I mean, in, in the... Um, Constitution and throughout the threads of the, the Declaration of Independence, they speak of equality among all men. And those things were put into the, those documents, not just to see the black print ink on them. They were put there because of oppression by oligarchs, royalties, others, dictators, right? Even, you know, I find it, you know, I think you mentioned it earlier this week, Tom, you, you said that, you know, even the most communist, Marxist countries, China and Russia these days, Russia's uh, not necessarily communist, they go with whatever the the uh, elected leader puts out there, and of course, uh, he is a far-leaning Marxist fellow. But they all have a financial system that's capitalist. And you know, I mean, Jeff can get when he gets into the report, he'll he'll tell you what some of the folks down there that were outsiders came and said, uh, so that they. Uh, had the uh, uh, opportunity to um, listen to what they had to say before they kicked him off, <laughs> ultimately. So, uh, but uh, Jeff, why don't 
Um, first of all, I want to, you know, Tom also said, you know, Jeff has been our constitutional expert on this show for several years. By the way, this is our sixth season. We're in our sixth season now. Uh, and we, for lots of good reasons, were silent since uh, the weekend before the election. And, of course, we had all that craziness that was going on uh, regarding people just yelling and screaming at each other until we've kind of gotten over that a little bit. And, then of course, the vaccine issues have been out there. Uh, and everybody has a personal choice. You just make whatever you want to do and make your choice. Uh, you know, I, I know educated people who've made choices that I scratch my head about. But, um, and I, I know others that have had maladies in their own family, and they made a choice. Uh, regarding the uh, whether we get vaccinated or not. These are recent choices, by the way. So, uh, you know, I don't want to lament on that. We just, you know, we don't care, really. It's a personal choice. We want you to be educated. That's all, period. So, Jeff, you want to jump out there, Mr. Constitutional Expert, and talk about us uh, on your, your visit down there in the Volvo picket line in Dublin, Virginia. Yeah, um, our last show, we had a person on from Volvo, and they were talking about what was going on in the picket line and what's going on in contract talks. And I made a comment that I would come down there for a day, uh, which I did. I got down there last Wednesday night. Um, once I got there, I went and got something. It's an eight-hour drive from Detroit to uh, Dublin. So it took a lot out of me. Um, I usually don't do that much activity uh, in my life. But uh, I drove down there. I had a good time. I met some people on the picket line on Wednesday night. And the first thing out of their mouth was, uh, you guys really tell it how it is on the radio show. And I said, yeah, there's no other way to do it. Um, we tell the truth here. Um, some may not like it, but that's the way it is. Um, then I heard the same thing Thursday morning when I, I went back for about an hour, two hours. But uh, we heard that the day before I got there, the International was there. International rep, regional rep, and they were going back into negotiations. Well, while they were on the line or at the line, they weren't treated very well by the picketers. Um, they got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, comments made toward them and their lack of uh, helping out on the contract. And rightfully so. They have done nothing for the members at Volvo. Um, when you get the contract, same contract uh, denied, the vote turned down twice by 90%, it shows you have a problem. And why they came back a second time with almost the same contract language, I don't know. But guys, you need to get your head out of your ass and start doing your job the way you're supposed to be doing it. Um, 
if you want to sell this thing. People at Volvo, they don't make as much money as the people in the big three, seniority workers. Um, but nevertheless, you got to do uh, what the Constitution tells you to, to improve wages and benefits. And you're not doing that anywhere in, in the UAW. But the Volvo folks, um, they, their union hall is right across the street from the plant. So they had two gates where they had picket lines. And on the other side of the plant, they had two more gates they had picket lines. Volvo has built a multi-million dollar building near the road. Um, it's, I guess it's called a informational presentation room. And I, I've got a picture of it on my page. I'll put it on the Working for a Living. Uh, they're not broke, folks. They have the money. Every one of their trucks that are being built now and in the future are sold. They're not hurting for money. Um, they have the same two-tier system as we do. And they went on strike for it in 2008. It came back with the two-tier. Well, the big three, two of them, in 2007, they went on strike, GM and Chrysler, only to come up with the two-tier. So I guess what I'm trying to say is support these workers. They, they deserve a hell of a lot better than what they're getting from their leadership. Um, they're all, all in good moods, which is really good. Um, they're sticking together. They're very positive. And they asked some questions that I answered to them, uh, like what can they do against their leadership for not doing their job. And I kind of explained to them about Article 33. Um, but if you get a chance, stop by, blow the horn, Stop in there and talk to people. Um, I don't need to say anybody needs to go to Dublin. Uh, that's a long drive from here. But people in Virginia, if you're listening, just swing by. Say hello. Just walk the line for a few minutes. Uh, they can use the company. And they, they truly appreciate your support. Uh, I know a lot of people came up and thanked me for coming down. It was really good for me to get out at that time. But like I said earlier, the, the drive about killed me. Uh, but we need to keep these folks in, in mind, do what we need to do to support them. If they have any questions, I told them they can always contact us. Uh, we'll be glad to uh, answer anything they have. Uh, I hope that does it for you, Leroy. Um, Met a lot of good people there, a lot of good people. Right. Um, Jeff, I want to take a, a moment of personal privilege and thank you for going down there and representing Working for a Living. Uh, there is no better representative of our our team. Everybody knows who and what you are, uh, and you always do it with dignity, distinction, and respect and solidarity for our brothers otherwise in distress. 
So, um, again, thank you for going down there. Thank you for making all those contacts. We hope that uh, some of those people uh, see the value uh, in, in on, uh, working for a living and some of the things that we do. And not all of it's out on front on front street because we we're not necessarily braggers about stuff that goes on. Uh, when something does occur, we eventually will say, "Hey, this has just happened," um, and uh, it's uh, uh, usually pretty humble because uh, we're we're not necessarily braggers and we're not going to uh, be disingenuous when we. Uh, uh, address the membership. Uh, we're not going to tell them one thing and do five others. Uh, so I uh, want to follow up on your report a little bit. Um, and uh, I, this came in yesterday. Uh, and we thank our uh, member there and team member. And we really appreciate all that is done on that member's behalf. Um, arguably saved the local from decertification single-handed because we raised the issue and she ran with it. She knew what to do with it. So probably she said uh, that. Uh, but um, the new, there's a new heavy truck. Uh, Ray Curry remains the heavy truck director. Um, but they have a staff person that's like a director, and there's a new one of those. Uh, they have the same servicing rep. They came in uh, recently as well, and they said while they were there that they wanted to remove any and all of the language regarding the alternative work schedule. If they're just going to put it in there so you can vote on it in the, in the future, why not just, you know, because you're going to vote it down there anyhow, or come under extraordinary pressure that's unnecessary. So they're going to try and pull that out. That's a positive. The, uh, the, the, you know, the volunteers from the local union to make sure that everybody has what they got if they need, you know, this or that. They run out of this. They go get it and bring it right away. Uh, and that's... Um, very, very nice. Um, you know, they feel they're against the world. You know, despite being against the company and the wishes of their leadership, they feel you know that they're they're being attacked. I mean, one of them called them a mob recently. I I don't know how you do that. These are the members that you represent. Somebody just sent me a message. I want to make sure. Uh, and I'm sure. Uh, uh, no, I did not see that, uh, but that's okay. Um, don't really. Uh, I'm not too concerned about that uh, going on, mostly wherever uh, they uh, will respond in kind. They all know what they do and what they don't do, and what they did and now ignore. So um, the, uh, uh, that uh, thing that was going around had decertification language in there. Uh, and they say they got more than 50% signature. That's a very dangerous document. 
thus far, it has uh, not been sent in. Thank God. So, um, you know, they, they've had outside people coming in and doing stuff to, uh, you know, taking advantage of the disenfranchised. And, they, you know, they typically pick on the low-hanging fruit, everybody that, that's uh, angry and mad. Uh, it's, it's just time to stop that and to be supportive of our brethren and sisters that are on strike or in other ways distressed or dis, uh, disenfranchised. So um, there's a lack of communication between the leadership and the, uh, the people uh, in the plant members uh, walking the picket line. And that's been ongoing for some time. Uh, so um, the president, <laughs> there was a group that came down there uh, that said, we oppose, we oppose capitalism. They identified themselves as Marxists. They were outside of our own local union, our own organization. They came there, asked permission, and Gigolo allowed them to uh, come on there. And, of course, people found out about that and uh, listened to them for five seconds and then escorted them off of their picket line. So um, that's uh, some of the stuff that's been going on down there. They are under attack uh, by a lot of folk. Uh, we uh, were asked what else can they do, uh, you know, in the face of this upcoming, back when it was in its infancy, strike. And we recommended that somebody uh, set up a strike assistance fund in the local or under some uh, entity so that they can receive monies because this may get long. And there might be people that need to pay a bill or two so they don't get their shut off or their car repossessed or their home foreclosed on. And they were told by the internal audit department of the international UAW, Emmanuel Romero, head of the internal audit department, told them, that I think you forgot about solidarity and you need to go back to wherever the hell you came from in the plant and learn a little more before you ever make another decision or do anything else as far as I'm concerned uh, in the first letter uh, that they announced they're going on strike from Ray Curry it was uh, sent to Freightliner the next two letters have been properly addressed uh, to the membership of Volvo or to the Volvo Corporation itself. Put a letter out yesterday, June 29th, uh, basically thanking them for standing tall uh, and uh, that they continue talks with Volvo. Uh, you know, I mean, your your elected bargaining team uh, got stuff going on. Uh, more we're getting stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't. I wasn't sent to Freightliner. I sent the Mac, Mac truck. I apologize. Um, 
uh, and uh, uh, Volvo owns Mack Truck, uh, just for clarity there. Uh, but his, uh, that was the first strike notice. <laughs> he didn't go to the right place. He's the head, let me see, Ray Curry, Secretary, Treasurer, and Director, UAW Heavy Truck Department. Um, so uh, that's, uh, uh, he's, you know, he's, uh, I guess, fully aware of who he represents. Uh, um <laughs> Now he's going to be president. This, by the way, is our third president in this term of office for the International Executive Board president, which is rather interesting. My phone is, oh, I got a call, so I'm going to have to take that in a second. Um, just, let me just... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll be with you in a second. Okay, it seems to be important. Um, the uh, uh, anyhow, the letter came out, and then he he said that there's outside forces that you've stood up to against, and that's that's a good thing. Uh, that's really nice that you're doing that, and uh, so uh, we we appreciate uh, all of that. Uh, that he said, uh, you know, seems to be genuine. Uh, we wish them well at the bargaining table. I don't think they're at the resort. They were there for three months um, in another state at a resort, paid for by the company, and that just smacks of uh, impropriety. And the membership knows that down there. Now, maybe they'll have the opportunity to to reconsider uh, their uh, disdain for the leadership. And whenever they come back with something, it better be pretty good uh, for the membership. Uh, so we'll, we'll see where all that's at. Um, well, let's see what else we have here in my report. Uh, anything else on that, Jeff? I think I, I filled in yours a little, little bit. Yeah, um, we should mention that the uh, younger workers down in Volvo uh, are really doing a fantastic job in support of the picket line. They, from what I'm hearing, they are the main force uh, to rally in this uh, fight contract talk. So hats off to the younger folks there. Uh, keep up the good yeah. job. We're proud of you. Yeah, take, take this for a minute, Jeff. I'm going to see what's coming in here. There's something important, evidently. Um, let's see. Like I said, the, the mood was really good down there in uh, Dublin, and we're proud of all the uh, people there holding the line. They, they're fantastic people. They're very smart. They know what's going on in the entire UAW, which surprised me. Um, but they do know what's going on up here in Detroit with the corruption cases going on. So they are very in tune with what's happening. 
Knights, and we're very proud of them for uh, for what they're doing. Right. Uh, we, um, uh, you know, again, we we appreciate everything that they're doing down there. They got an uphill battle. Again, they feel, you know, like they're not only again against the company, but they're against their own union. And for a long time, it's been the membership and against the union and the corporation. And that just simply needs to change. Uh, and that started in the early 80s uh, because, uh, I, well, I don't want to get into the reasons why, but um, that, uh, you know, anything that we had to say, they didn't want to listen to us. With few exceptions. I mean, I uh, I was able to prevail at one point there in '83 uh, regarding getting some, you know, they passed us up in seniority, and we were able to fix that. So some people that got passed over got those folks to work, snap that. So it's amazing what you can do and not even be elected. You know, we've done quite a bit, haven't we, Joe? Yes, we have. They, they know yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> they know who yeah. we are. Yeah. We push yeah. Yeah. Even when we don't put our name to stuff, they still know it. I want to talk about retirees mm-hmm. just a little bit. Uh, we don't want to go too long tonight because we want to get this out. Uh, uh, in 2015, for those of you who may be new to listening to this radio show, um, uh, they changed – the constant or our contract in a dramatic way in the pension supplement. It used to be that the corporation had to fund it after it got down, I think, 65. I was told recently by a staff person, retired staff person, they had to fund it from 65%. They had to bring it back to 100. And they had, often they'd throw in five, six billion dollars into that to fund it full. Uh, they uh, uh, changed the, con- the, the contract largely because of a 2006 law that the House of Representatives passed, the Senate passed, and the president that was there in 2006 signed. And it was called the Pension Protection Act. And it sounds really cutesy. What that means to us is the following. Well, first of all, uh, in their infinite wisdom, our leadership put that into the contract in 2015. In fact, if you get a pension supplement, you will see that it actually says Pension Protection Act of 2006 in our contract. And then it goes pretty much verbatim. There is a summary. Of, it's like almost 400 pages, that law. But there's about a 23-page summary of it. And this is pretty much verbatim in our pension supplement now. Uh, now, what that means to us, retirees, if the, and this goes for all three of the Detroit three, if the funding level falls below 80%, your pension gets reduced by 50%. If the funding level falls below 
uh, oh, I should say that's the lesser of the 50% or the pension protection, uh, PBGC pension benefit uh, corporation, PBGC, uh, government corporation. Uh, so it, that's the one that everybody says, oh, well, they'll pay us, the government will pay us. You get the lesser, the lesser of those, okay? So, um, sorry, I got another somebody pinging in here, so I want to make sure that I didn't miss something here. So, uh, oh, yeah. Okay, we're we're good. Nothing, nothing pressing that I can see here. Um, uh, so. Uh, and, and, you know, we have Facebook running. We have the, sh the radio show itself going. The text message is coming in on the phone. So you will need to know all of that uh, as well. So uh, that while we're doing this, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background, uh, and people are feeding information here all the time, every day. So just know that uh, during the show we do get some of that in here too. So but. Um, uh, and then we ferret it out and see what's in, you know important to the general membership and what's important to that person, uh, and we try and address those throughout the week. Um, but the uh, and same thing with the 60, you get the lesser of the uh, of zero over the pension benefit guarantee. So PBGC, Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, that's what it is. So. This is not a good thing for retirees. I want to point out, in the case of General Motors, and I think the new people listening are from the General Motors persuasion that are retirees, you need to understand that in uh, the, the GM funding level, it's about, it stayed just about the same at or near $60 billion for uh, the last six years or so when they when they changed that in 2015, um, a little less than six years. Uh, so uh, that funding level, you have to understand during that the time, uh, or just go back a few years, and the funding has been about the same, and the market has appreciated the overall marketplace, stock market, bonds, stuff, all that stuff, has gone up. I mean, NASDAQ's gone up 400%. The Dow's up 400%. The S&P's up 350 something like that. And our pension funding level hasn't gone up. In 2012, the market went up 30%. In our $60 billion Times three, that would have been 18 billion, right? Six times three is 18, right? 18 billion. Uh, I saw a financial statement that said auto-related revenue 4.3 billion and non-auto-related revenue 18 billion dollars. Same same number, right? 18 billion. Never hit the bottom line, and we'll have to. Uh, talk to you about dead peasants insurance, also known as corporate life insurance, another time. Uh, I want to point out that there are some links to shows on the page for Working for a Living for this show 
that you might consider taking a look at and listening to. Uh, I think there's five there, uh, shows that we've done over the years that we feel uh, have affected uh, our country and our union uh, and got us to where we're at. So you might want to consider taking a look at those. So, um, so that's about it for retirees. No do-overs. I want to talk about that. Union representation is a very serious matter. Okay? Very serious matter. You can't go in this with a cavalier attitude or half-stepping where you don't know what you're doing or writing. Because there may be unintended consequences to what you might think is, is uh, something that's simply uh, innocuous and it just doesn't really matter, you know. But everything matters. Everything matters. Every time you make a decision, there's going to be uh, other areas in our union that are affected. And you have to weigh each and every decision very carefully before you do it. When you make a document and you send it out for the membership, there are no do-overs. You can't turn your back on that document because it wasn't what you thought it was and say, oh, I don't know anything about that. But two weeks ago you were pushing it because it was your document. There are no do-overs here. So when you, the general membership, whether it's at the local or the international level, have the opportunity to choose elected leaders to represent you, make sure they're not somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. No, that's double negative. You know, so the, the notion that somebody's out there shooting from the hip and writing stuff just to be writing it without understanding the federal laws, the language of such things as decertification and uh, recall. Okay, you, you can't call something that's titled, this is a vote of no confidence in the local the president, and the chairperson. Those are the three elements required to decertify a union. And you can find it. Just Google it. Now, don't take my word for it. It's out there. You want to find it? Just go look. It's not hard to find. We found it. Our person read it understood it fully and acted on it in a very positive way and by God, thank you on behalf of those 3,000 members that what you did. And I know we can't say too much about that, but thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for stopping that decertification. And I hope it's so that part of it. So... That's about all I have. I mean, pick people that you trust because the chairman's the most powerful person 
uh, in your local, and they can do just about anything. They can they can uh, make deals they'll never even know about. So you better trust them. There's been deals made that's closed plants, and decisions made that's closed plants, and refusal of work that's closed locals. Recently. We got enough problems. And the real enemy isn't on that picket line. And it's not at Solidarity House. It's not any one of the local union people that represent us. It's a corporation. And we better start in 2021 figuring out ways that are different to deal with them. So... Um, Another thing just came in with a lot of stuff. Uh, let's see. Oh, my. Yeah, well, um, you know, uh, um, I want to take a second to say to everybody at Volvo, thank you for, for everything you're doing down there from what I just got here. Um, and I want to thank you for for standing shoulder to shoulder in solidarity down there. And I want to implore your exclusive exclusive bargaining team not to be cavalier in your next presentation of a tentative agreement. Do not come back with some weak-ass stuff. You better have some real good stuff. First of all, you lied to them when you said the duration was the same as it was in the previous contract. And this, the one that you had in there, you did fix it after we had a Donnybrook on one of the pages. And that was seen by everybody. But uh, we called you out on it. We explained it in some detail in public on the page, one of the largest pages, and it got fixed. But you lied to them. You said it's the same stuff, and it wasn't. And, and you keep going down that hill and going down that trail, and your legitimacy keeps going down. you got a long way to come back. And don't bring no weak-ass shit to these memberships, this membership down there. Do not. I am going to tell you, that's not going to go well at all. At all. So that's, I, that's all I can say about that. I mean, um, uh, the ball's in your court. You have the ability to take on management and satisfy your members and try and salvage some of your legitimacy. Ray Curry did a little uh, nipping around the heel, but he's got some more work to do. He's got some more work to do. And in my mind's eye, that president needs to be removed. And when he becomes president, Ray Curry, he can do that. That president lost legitimacy about the third or fourth woman that he was with down there in the local union. 
and more. I'm going to tell you, when you go as a leader, when you go down that road, you lose legitimacy and you lose to the degree that's occurring at Volvo today. And they just said, we've had enough, period. And you better start acting like a union instead of what you've been doing down there to those people. There's ways of fixing this. But you've got to talk to them. Send some people over there on the picket line, some of your bargaining team, when you're not in negotiations, and talk to the people. Jesus, it's not that damn hard. Talk to them. Gain their trust and their respect back. If you don't do that, you will lose more than you can possibly know at this time. So with that, I'll I'll ask Tom, do you have any uh, things you'd like to talk about, Tom? No, I just a uh, little information from uh, Jeff that uh, I was curious I about. I can't hardly so. hear you. Speak, speak up a little bit. All right, let me see. I might have touched something here. Is that any better, Leroy? A little bit, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it sounds good. Okay. I, I'd just like to uh, ask Jeff a, a couple of questions down there, and uh, from the standpoint of local leadership, uh, uh, while you were on the line talking to the members out there, um, did they feel like the bargaining unit from that uh, local down there uh, had the ability to bargain with management, or were they players at a poker table, so to speak, and playing at the big table and, and thinking they're knowing what they're doing? Uh, they go in with that maybe a pair, a pair of jacks and think they got a full house or something. I mean, did you get any feel from them as to their confidence in their own leadership down there as far as negotiating on an equal level with management, or did they need help in that realm? And if so, did when the international did show up down there, did they leave folks behind to uh, help and tutor in the process? Um, they have uh, expressed to me they have no faith in anybody in leadership. Um, which doesn't surprise me. We hear that all over. But they also felt that management and their leadership, their local leadership and regional leadership, were all one group. They were, yeah, they were on the same side, uh, just like we have been seeing around the country over the years. They have no faith in their leadership, and they have expressed that to them uh, over the last two weeks on the picket line. Uh, That's about all I can tell you, Tom. Um, They have very little trust in their their leadership, and rightfully so, as what what, uh, Leroy explained. Yeah. 
when when were you there when the uh, international sent the folks down and Curry Curry himself appeared, or did I misunderstand no, they, that? They they were there the day before, I think. And 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 how did they feel about that? Was there any remarks made that they they got a little more confidence in in the fact that they were being represented by the UAW hierarchy? In other words, the Solidarity House, the no. upper level. That did not. The make workers them feel on any- the workers on the line gave the uh, upper leadership a very hard time while they were visiting. The, um, the plant, but uh, they, like I said, they have lost faith in their local uh, and regional leaders, international leaders. Um, they, like I said, they are. I'm proud that they're standing still, um, standing strong and. I'm trying to read notes at the same, same time. Uh, but no, they they really don't care for the leadership. Well, that's a key, and they those are me, key notes, Jeff, are key points, and, and you took good notes. And uh, it sounds to me, Jeff, from, from what I'm hearing from your perspective and what you noted as to the local membership down there that are actually manning up the picket line that are directly going to be adversely or contrary to to whatever contract comes about, they have zero confidence in their leadership due to the fact they're probably not even negotiating on site. They're they're probably uh, going out partying and having a good time someplace, and people have seen them, and it's gotten back to the membership, and and there went their credibility. So, I mean, you can't do things like that. And, And when you keep your membership in the dark and you don't tell them the truth, your credibility shot, and once credibility shot, there's no repairing that. Those are people's livelihoods. Those are uh, uh, important to them to get their children educated beyond the uh, uh, 12th grade level and so on and so forth, giving them a chance at a better life. And that's what this is all about. But I, I thank you for that. that. That's the only thing I was interested in, Leroy, and, and God bless Jeff. You did a great job down there bringing information back. I wish the show was a little longer because I had a few more questions to uh, ask of Leroy, but we'll hold that off for another time. That's okay. it, Leroy. Okay. Thanks. We're, we're a little over now. I really do so, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Again, thanks, Jeff. I mean, Tom, I mean, you know, I, I wasn't down there, but, you know, I'm in pretty regular contact with with folks there and uh, certainly our team members that's there. Um and we're forever indebted. Uh, there's some really good brothers and sisters at that local union. Uh, but you got to think about what they faced. Their bargaining team went off for three months, and they never heard peep out of them. They went to an off-site resort in another state paid for by the company to woo them into whatever they wanted after three months. That is indoctrination beyond the payouts. And then the treasurer of the International Union in his the head head of heavy truck, oh boy, I'm in charge, 
sent the strike notice to Mack Truck, addressed it to Mack Truck, not Volvo. What do you think their response is going to be to that? I mean, you know, they're, <laughs> they, they are pissed. I mean, I, I'm getting text messages, uh, you know, Facebook IMs. They're not happy at all. <laughs> so they got a lot of work to do down there in that bargaining team. They are the exclusive bargaining agent. There's nobody else that can do it for you. And they have come under heat, international, well, for sure, national heat, on their performance there. And they only have one more cho- one more time to get it right. And that's all I'll say about the feelings that I just got sent to me. You only got one more shot. This isn't do-over, do-over, do-over. Better get it right. You know, you, you know, if you get in there and talk to them, you'll have a better feel. And people have a tendency to forgive you. They do. I know, Tom, you know, they, they, when they lose perception of legitimacy, it's usually gone. You're right. But at the same time, they, getting, they go in there and Leroy, do diligence, you know. Yeah. Are they getting support, Leroy, from the politicians down there in that general area? Uh, I believe they are, Tom. Uh, the, the news media has been on their side down there. I don't think their leadership is like our leadership around, uh, you know, Ohio and Michigan, where they're involved in the cap uh, for their area, you know. Uh, uh, so they likely... Uh, are not as in tune with the local elected leadership uh, as we might be here. Uh, but uh, the community seems to be supporting. You know, they're getting, nobody's out there, you know, they, everybody everybody in the country knows wages has been, have been suppressed. And jobs have gone overseas. And at some point, and it may be just Volvo, there's a line in the sand that says no more. Don't bring that weak-ass shit here while they're making billions and we're trying to put food on our table, take a vacation now and then, and put our kids through college, as you said, Tom. I mean, we had Dennis Williams say those same things. We want you, want you to have a nice house, a nice car, you know, put food on your table, uh, you know, take care of your health. Take a vacation, put your kids through college. And then the second sentence out of his mouth was, we just don't want you getting rich. That's not up to our union leadership to say such things. Our union leadership is supposed to get every last thing, morsel they can from the corporation and use every last thing at their disposal. You know, I'm appalled by these union leaders, and I get a lot of email here, and they have corporate emails. Union leaders with a corporate email address. 
do you know that that webmaster can go in there and look at everything you write? Everything. They know more about you than you know about yourself. That's got to stop. They can't go into the table with that sort of advantage. Right? They can't. So I agree. I agree. So anyhow, well, um, let's uh, Jeff. Do you have anything else to add? I mean, you you were down there. I don't want to speak. You know, I mean, I'm, I I get a sense for where they're at, but it's it's a mess uh, down there. And uh, I, I've had other other people in leadership around the nation call today, asking what we can do to help them people down there. And I said, we're going to try and put a happy face on some of this stuff. I mean, the idea that they're going to take out the alternative work schedule is a good start because every corporation has abused that. In an alternative work schedule, they can work six days a week, four tens, three shifts, one split shift, and never pay a penny of overtime. And that happened at Ford. It's happened especially at Ford. Uh, all over in Ford. I don't want to get into, you know, outing people that might be there because uh, we've had issues where folks have uh, done <laughs> done some amazing things to our people who supported us, uh, and we're not putting up with that no more. Uh, yeah, well, not yeah, at all. Uh, Lee Wright, so. you know my feelings on that alternative work schedule. As far as I'm concerned, you throw that language at me. After eight hours, everything becomes overtime at that point, and uh, that'll that'll knock that language out right away. I mean, and you put a penalty on right. them, but they they want to squeeze water out uh, out of a rock, so to speak, and and they don't give two shits about the working guys. We if they come That's with right. me at me with alternative working schedule, all right, you want to work four tens? The last two hours is overtime. Period. Yep, we took, we discussed that earlier in the week, Tom and I. So we, I'm glad you brought that up, Tom. That's well, there's a lot of things we that. bring up, Leroy, and and you know the the the, the hours are, are only fleeting here, and we don't have enough hours in a day. And there's a lot of things you said right. tonight, uh, Roy, that need to be addressed. And whatever comes up or transpires down the road within the next year and a half. I think the Constitutional Convention is about 11 months away or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, there, there's so many things that need to be approved upon by whatever we decide to do as a union, and it better damn well include retirees this time. I mean, the, 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 the backbone, so many of them, I don't agree with a lot of them. They don't agree with me. But one thing we agree on, we love the UAW, period, and it's been good to our families. Those days, over the last several years, have disappeared on many people. The opportunities we had, they've gone. They've disappeared. Right. And nobody gives right. a shit. Right. And that, that's the whole damn problem here, Leroy. And I'll tell you what, if, if we had you. people yep. like yep. you and Jeff in leadership positions at the Solidarity House, Half the shit wouldn't be going on because you care about people, not about padding your pockets with money. Right. I I I was in conversation with I with you know I mean the, the local union presidents called me, and I had a discussion, 
today about the suppression of wages. And and I, I mentioned to this president that in the mid-'70s, my wages in today's dollars, my buy-in power in today's dollars was somewhere around $442,000 in today's dollars. Tom, you, you, you remember the days when we just paid cash for a car. We paid cash for a house. I paid cash for a 1976 Corvette that was $8,200, top-of-the-line L82. Everything you could get on T-tops, everything, funny wheels, all of it. And that was about 28% of my gross wages. That Corvette today, not the, not the 2021s because they haven't put all the gingerbread on yet. But that Cor- Corvette, the top of the line Corvette was like 148, according to my dealer. So 148, and that's 28% of your wages. Okay, that's that's in the low 400s at least. You know, and that that's how much they've suppressed our wages over years. You know, we went 15 years without a, a pay increase. Our members did. No increase. And they took away from the retirees unmercifully, some $4,000 a year. They took a $1,000 cola ketchup, otherwise known as the Christmas bonus, away from every retiree. Thousand dollars right off the top. They took away our, our uh, reimbursement for Medicare. That's a that's one hundred and forty three dollars now, a month. That's you know you're looking at fifteen hundred dollars a month or year now. So that's twenty five hundred right there. Plus some of the co-pays and the health care expenses, we out-of-pocket stuff, and we did get legal back. So um, I don't want to lament on all of that. Everybody kind of gets it. We're four square and stopping all of that stuff, and these corporations can afford it. When we end the authorization for dead peasants insurance, all of that money flows to the bottom line, and we can take back what the weak need people in leadership now have given away. Leroy. Uh, Haven't said that. Yeah, go ahead. At one time, wasn't it illegal to do something like that? Wasn't it against the law? Uh, they, They attempted to make it illegal uh, in 2006, they weren't successful because of corporate influence on Congress, but they did say you must have authority from each and every retiree in order to implement dead pes- well, corporate life insurance. That's where they buy insurance on retirees and then yeah, life insurance. Yeah. And then when we pass away, well, we have some new people. We have, you, you need to understand that. We've got a lot of new retirees listening tonight. Because uh, I've been added to some of the retiring pages, they want to know. That's why we're discussing a little bit. Uh, but but uh, that that uh, dead peasants insurance uh, is something that then, uh, upon on the demise of the retiree, that money gets spent tax free. There is sent tax free as a life insurance 
uh, distribution to the corporate executive suite retirement funds. Okay, that's what you need to understand. Okay. About and, 70 people. Uh, yeah. What's that? About 70 people. About, se- about 70 people, right. Yeah, about, I think we had uh, 63 vice presidents in General Motors. They're, they're doing it everywhere. I mean, Walmart, all these corporations are doing it. They need to make it illegal because that will send the money into the in, – we have a real problem with what's called uh, velocity of money. That's the true measure of an economy, and it's really bad right now. There's not enough money and not moving fast enough. Everybody says, oh, look how good it is. Well, it ain't even close to how good it was. So, um, it's, uh, But we get that money stopping from going into the corporate elitist at the top, in addition to their very lucrative uh, wage package. Uh, and we can talk about that all day long, but that that's an addition. So... Some of these folks are very near a billion dollars in their pension fund. We're making billionaires out of corporate leaders. And that's got to stop. That's got to stop. They're, they, you know, they're just a leader. Somebody told me today, we own the corporation. We do. Buying through uh, the stock that we hold and all the elements that we have. We they, they made the argument that we are majority stockholders. And we were for sure before the Viva. But we, we still have a major uh, uh, portion of, of that, uh, the, the corporate stock. And so and there's, there's all of that that's out there that we could, you know, leverage against things and stop such things as dead peasants insurance and stuff like that. Uh, what that does, though, we eliminate it. It gets more money, not just for us workers. Okay, we're going to get our buy out, sure. But it also gives the stock and bondholders. And I'm going to here to tell you, we will collaborate with them if we ever get get into leadership. We'll collaborate with bond stockholders against the corporate elitists, and we'll do that nationwide. And we'll collaborate with other unions to do that nationwide, which we're already doing, as you know. Not that particular issue, but we're collaborating with a number of things. So uh, we're getting a good reputation from them as well. But we'll stop that, and then they get money. The communities get more money. When's the last time you saw any park go up in your community that had General Motors on before the crisis? Right. Not much. That money then starts to flow, and then, the, you know, those grants, et cetera, for the nonprofits, they start to come back. There's a lot of good that can be done for our country just by a couple of little tweaks. It doesn't take much, but it takes the, the guts to stand up and say no more, just like the people in Volvo. I have the greatest respect for you, brothers and sisters down there. Absolutely. And I know you're a good group of people some of the best members this UAW has ever seen. And I hope that you stay with us forever until you retire. Maybe I'll be around then. <laughs> so, I'll keep saying I won't, but <laughs> we're going to try and do best if you're out here for a long time. All right, Jeff, you got any more to add? 
No, I, I, I know you're on a time nope. restraint, so I'm I'm done for the night. <laughs> we've we've gone long a little bit tonight, but that's you know some of the, the new people need to understand kind of the backstory on some of this stuff. So, uh, Jeff, do you have anything else that you wanted to no, you know talk about? No, we're good, Leroy. We're good. Okay, Jeff. Yeah, people people think they, you know Jeff does that. He says, "Oh, we're good, Leroy." You know, and, and that's his perception on, on this show. But I'm going to tell you something. Jeff kicks my ass every now and then. He says, Leroy, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> I'll go, Jeff, let me take a look at it. And we'll, you know, what's, what's your issue with it? And and, uh, and we talk. And uh, God bless him. He's, he's almost always right. Uh, you know, and I, I might have some reasons for what I'm doing, but... Uh, you know, he's, he's almost always right. And, and thank you for being such a guiding uh, uh, compass in my life, too, Jeff. I really appreciate it. And Tom as well. And the rest of the team who, who challenged me and asked me. You know, that, that when we developed a relationship with our person down there, uh, our lead person down there in, in uh, Volvo, uh, I was checked on a lot of stuff. You know, and I like that. You know, make me work to prove the argument I just said. I like it. And, you know, we, we don't have to be at loggerheads, but if you have a question and you say, I don't, I don't think that, okay, well, let me just go and see what I can do to show you my side of that position. And, uh, and in the end, you know, uh, there were some adjustments made, but at the same time, a lot of what we... Uh, imparted educationally uh, has has really been really amazing for that that group of people down there, and it's been helpful. Uh, so thanks to everybody down there. Having said that, we want to thank all of our uh, listeners um, global, and we got a bunch of folks up in Norway. I got to post that out there so you can see it. I uh, didn't get that over there to you folks at the global uh, site. Canada and Mexico listeners, all of our union and non-union listeners here in the United States, we'd like to bring you in since we have some leadership change and you get restoration of us being good, good union again. And uh, 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 certainly all of our UAW listeners. And if you found value in the show, tell just one more person about it. Have fun, stay safe in the coming week. God bless each and every one of you. Good night, listeners. Good night, Tom. And good night, Jeff. Good night, Jason. Good night. Good night.